Do you, Chris, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to barrage her with obscure facts concerning comics, movies, TV shows, and toys? I do. And Cindy, do you take this man-child to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to humor him by engaging him in his obsessive ramblings, for better or worse, in pre-crisis or in post? Sure, why not? Then by the power invested in me by the High Father of the Fourth World, I now pronounce you Supermates. You may podcast with the bride. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. I'm Chris. And I'm Cindy. And as you can tell from the opening, we have shut down the house of Frankenstein. We had a guy come and help us uh, board it up, put a big cross in front of the door. He kind of looked like Peter Cushing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so that might have had something to do with it. But uh, So we've locked it up for the year, and uh, hopefully next year we'll reopen it. And Because and, uh, we got a lot of great feedback, and uh, it seemed to go over well. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I, I had a ball with it. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of work, <laughs> and uh, which is one reason why this episode is going to be a lot looser and, oh, yeah. and kind of more free-willing and uh, a kind of a oh, catch-your-breath episode uh, from uh, from the House of Frankenstein. And we've just had a very busy... Yes, uh, October, November, December. Mm, it's just... Wah! Yeah, and, and, and of course we started this uh, House of Frankenstein series in uh, September... Uh, but, uh, and, and we actually recorded the episodes quite a bit ahead of time because, because, because we went on vacation to Disney world this year over our kids fall break, which was the second week of October. So, yes. And, uh, we also, because we went during that time, we were able to partake in Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, which was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we all decided to go as Disney characters, because why go to the Halloween party and not dress up? Hello? And not dress up as a Disney character. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, Danny dressed up as Anna from Frozen, of course. Every child under the age of 13 has decided to be either Anna and Elsa. Most of them Elsa and Danny went out of the mold a little bit and got to be Anna. And then Andrew was uh, Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Um, I was Belle in her blue dress, and then Chris was Mr. Incredible. Yes, after much debate and and racking my brain on what Disney character I should be, I finally came back to round to the one that everybody... Everybody should. said you should be to start <laughs> with. Mr. Incredible. <laughs> and you could have saved us, like, I don't know how much gas money driving here and there. And, well, I don't know about this. Well, maybe I can find this. And then, then, oh, you know what? I think I'll do what you told me to, to begin with three months ago. <laughs> You're much better off if you just do what I suggest to start with. Yeah, Haven't you figured that out? Yeah, but that would be boring and... and I mean, after almost 25 years, haven't you figured out that just go with me and it'll be okay? <laughs> now, there's logic holes in that. Find those. But anyway. Oh, fight me. <laughs> but yeah, we, we did have a really good time. They uh, they had a parade uh, with the a Halloween-themed parade. With the Headless Horseman. Yeah, the, the Headless Horseman leads the parade. He comes riding through the... Through uh, downtown Disney on a real horse, on a real horse with a with a pumpkin, and uh, the only thing I think would could be better if you saw Ichabod Crane like riding the horse backwards in front oh, of him yeah. or something that would be that would be even better. But but you know they got a lot of uh, 
a lot of cool characters that you would think that you that you got uh, the haunted mansion which is my favorite ride at disney world which of course we rode several times uh was well represented and right it had its own float it had a dance sequence with the ballroom dancers which was awesome i yeah. love that so that was really cool yeah the uh the, the attendance of the haunted mansion had their shovels out and they were actually making sparks on the pavement yeah. with the shovels as they came by and and then they had the uh, float with the the three hitchhiking ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, you and got... then if you went to the Haunted Mansion ride during Not So Scary Halloween, the actual host and the cast members that were doing the ride were all dressed up special just for that. Right. They were ghoulish. They had like like uh, you know they looked dead. They weren't like gross. I mean, no. we're not talking about Walking Dead type makeup, but no. they they looked you know they had shadows under their eyes and they were pale and. It was really well done, and they, they were even less talkative than normal. Yeah. Just, you know, they, it really, I, I don't know why they don't do that all the time, honestly. Yeah. But it was really, it was really neat to, to ride that ride that night. And uh, the only thing was, at the end of the parade, we expected to see some Nightmare Before Christmas, to see Jack Skellington, to see Sally, to see a float. Yeah. Or at least see them walking, and despite all the merchandise all over the place, for Jack Skellington, he is not represented at no. the parks as far as, you know, an attraction or a ride or, you know, they do, apparently they ha they do have an appearance where you can do a meet and greet with yeah. him, but the wait in line is like two to three hours, and yeah. we're like, you know, the Halloween party is only from seven to twelve, that's five hours, you spend two, three hours in line, that's half your time waiting in line for a two-minute interaction. And I'm like, no. Nah. Now, last time we did a lot of autographs and character greetings, and 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 I, and I kind of... You put your foot down. I put my foot down this time. It's like, we're not going to waste as much time doing that. We we ate up several hours of our trip last time. We did. And, we you did. know, trying to do that, which you need to do that to a point, but we I think we just kind of went overboard. And this time we basically didn't do any. <laughs> no, well, we did one. We did the Yeah, but bell. you just lucked into that. You just, no, we didn't. We didn't luck well, into that. that was, um, yeah, well, you were pulling us in the right direction. But. Well, when we went to Epcot, you know, of course we ate at Acker House because we have a six-year-old little girl. And, you know, she got to see all the princesses that way and got to get their autographs. But then I knew that if we went to France and we went at about 3, 3.30, then Belle is there in her blue and white costume, which is my favorite representation signing autographs and doing meet and greets and I'm like I'm pulling them down around and they have no idea why because I didn't want to disappoint Danny right. and I was like there she is and there was only like six people in line and I'm like yanking Danny across the sidewalk God that's gonna be yanking her across several countries as we <laughs> make our way to France uh, but yeah we got to see Belle there and uh, the, the funny thing was the night of the Halloween going back to the, the not so scary Halloween party is Andrew's Jack Skellington costume was pretty neat. I mean, yes, it, it's a bot. Really it's a bot costume. We it, it, we didn't make it or anything, but it's a really well done costume that you can get at Party City. And if you're going as Jack Skellington, I recommend going and getting it. Right, and Andrew's six one now, so he's pretty tall. So he's, he's lanky. You know, yeah. He's lanky, and we had people coming up to us that are like, you know, and they were, you know, not. English, native English speakers, and they'd be like, hey, you know, t tell, trying to get a picture with us, and we finally figured out. Oh, they want a picture with Andrew because he's Jack Skellington. Right. And that happened throughout the Halloween party. Yeah. I mean, I mean we had, he had his picture made a bunch. Yeah, I don't know how many times. And, and I think partially because you couldn't see, find the real, the quote-unquote real Jack Skellington, Skellington anywhere. Yeah. So, now I understand at Disneyland, we went to Walt Disney World in Florida, and Disneyland in California, 
they have more of a presence. They they redo the haunted mansion from mid September through December mm. in a Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, they, they yeah yeah, and, and parts of it are Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, so I, I don't know why they don't do that at Disney World. Maybe they will. A lot of times they'll start something there and bring it over to Disney World yeah. and vice versa. But, uh, of course, we're not complaining. We had a heck of a great time. And, in fact, that night, um, you know, as anybody that's been to Disney World knows, you know, you've got to, uh, you've got to plan out what you're doing. Yeah. So, so if, if you really want to utilize your time and not stand in line. And now forever. that they started the Fast Pass ideas, you pick, when you go to any of the parks, you pick three rides that you want to do the most. And then they'll give you a schedule. Okay, well, if these are the three rides, then if they're available, here's when you can go do them. Well, of course, the newest ride is the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And I tried to get a fast pass for that. Right. And it just didn't happen. And I was like, well, well, when we got to the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween, Chris is like, hey, let's try and do this. Right. And we got there. And, I mean, yeah, we only had to wait, like, maybe, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, it wasn't bad at all. uh uh-uh. And it was the only, I mean, we actually got to ride it. But, you know, think about this. It's in the dark, and we hadn't seen it before. We right. hadn't seen it in daylight, so we didn't know what it was. And I will say that's one thing I didn't like about the experience at Disney World. It is not well lit at all. At night, no. I mean, you can't make out details and stuff like that. You can't enjoy the rest of the park as you're walking through. You direct only have light right where you're at. And I, that part I didn't like because you couldn't tell where you were going. If right. you're not already familiar. Yeah, but, and I have, I don't remember it being that dark at night before we were in there, so I almost wonder if they had the lights down uh-huh. for the Halloween experience to have it less lit, you think? I think so. It had to be. And then they were supposed to be doing trick or treat, and we saw kids that was trick or treat, but we never could figure out where on earth it was. I mean, where they were handing out candy. We even had a map. Line. We even had a map and went to the places, but it wasn't real obvious. But, no, no. But it sounds like we're complaining, but we really had a no, great time. No, we did. We really had a great time, and and the the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was was kind of neat because I had I had seen the kids watch Disney Channel all the time, so I had seen promos where they have the Disney Channel kid actors ride the ride and give their thoughts on it. Of course, you know I'm sure Disney gave them their thoughts on it, but well, yeah. but <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, you know, so it looked neat, and I understood that the little car, you know, rocked back and forth. I didn't realize that it was a roller coaster. And, and Christopher and I are not no, coaster nuts. No. no, I mean, and I'm sure to, if you're listening to this and you're a coaster guy, you probably wouldn't even consider this a roller coaster. But for us, that that you know, we might ride the kitty coaster in a park. Yeah, that's, that's usually that's you know, our in the log ride, and that's it. Yeah, so that's as crazy as we get. We like the other type of rides and experiences better. But, uh, we, you know, we're standing in line and, and you, you know, you queue in and out of the mine several times. If you've ever been to Disney World, you know, you go wrap around and in and out. And I, I saw a car go by when we were outside at one point and the people were screaming and I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. This is a seven dwarfs. I mean, it's snow white and seven dwarfs. How crazy right, right. So then we get up to the, you know, you wrap, you can hardly ever see the car that you're getting on until right, you make a turn and then bam, you're right there. That's yeah. the way Disney is. I guess it's so you're not, you know, longingly looking at it. We're never going to get there. I mean, you know, they're really great about. Oh, and their queue lines, let's be honest. I mean, you've got stuff to do. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things to me. I mean, fast passes are great and I love them. Don't get me wrong. 
But at the same time, I kind of like Disney's queue lines and getting right. able to look and see. And you know, if you got about a twenty minute wait, that's good. Yes, so, exactly. Because you get to see everything. But which was like the case with this. But we got right up to the gate, and you know, the people right in front of us get in the car. And the second that the car goes into the dark, you just see it drop and you hear people scream. Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But we got on it, man, and it was a blast. We were we, want, we were wanting to ride it the next day in the light, but you couldn't touch it. No, I it was mean like every, 80, every time, every time the wait was like eighty minute minutes. And, yeah. and Chris and I had made a pact on any ride if the ride if the ride wait time was longer than thirty minutes, then we weren't interested because yeah. you know yeah, if, if, unless it was just something we absolutely had to do because we had fast passes and our magic bands and. Which the Magic Band's the new way they do fast passes, which is neat. And at first, I wasn't real sure how I felt about that because you couldn't. It wasn't as easy when we went two years ago. You could get, you know, a fast pass like at any time of the day if they were still available. You could run up to a kiosk and get it and say, "Oh, well, let's come back here later." But I actually like this way better because you weren't. You knew kind of where you needed to be when yeah, to begin yeah. with, so you could kind of plan out your day a little bit better. Well, the only bad thing is, is the way Disney has its. Now is you can't get additional fast passes until your last fast right. pass expires. Yeah. So like one day our last fast pass wasn't until five twenty five thirty something like that, and because of that we couldn't get any others throughout the day. Right. Right. But uh, but yeah, overall we had a great time. We rode test track at Epcot twice. Twice we got to ride that twice because it was down the first time. And basically, it worked out that we, we were able to get back on it again. And then they sent us an email that said, since your track, your test track was was down, you can ride any of these rides, including test tracks. So we got to ride it twice. It was, yeah, it was which just, on, twice on a fast pass. Yeah, which so was that great. Was cool. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. The kids got to design the car, and and uh, that's that's a really cool ride. We didn't get to do that last time. It was down the whole yeah. time we were there yeah. last time. Uh, so it was great. We had a great time and, uh, Oh, we got to tell about the bell. Yeah. You tell that. Okay. One of the neatest things and this trip, they, they have done a lot of stuff with bell from beauty and the beast. And that is Danny's favorite. And obviously my favorite too, as far as the Disney princess. Well, one of the things that I decided that we wanted to do with Danny was enchanted tales with bell. And that is where you, it's a meet and greet that is structured as a mini play. You know, it's like a three, four minute play and they choose characters out of the audience to be different parts. Well, Danny was chosen to play the Beast mm-hmm. and to Disney's Belle. And so as part of that, she got to growl at the as at Belle and then she got to dance with Belle. And I have pictures of her. I mean, it's the perfect picture where I'm looking at her. Um, Danny's facing me and Belle's backs to me. And you can see Danny's face through the crook in Belle's arm. And she's looking up at Belle just in totally enraptured. I mean, right. it's just like one of those things that you would see on a Disney ad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it it's was, like one of those Disney commercials where the kid and the character are interacting with this, like, you know, this total exuberant face that's just like, you know, Shangri-La. I mean, that's, I mean, it's... It, it is. I mean, yeah. to me, I mean, that is... that. My favorite moment that of the whole trip right. was, was that. Yeah. And the next favorite is Danny. I mean, excuse me. Andrew was dressed as Jack Skellington when we were waiting to go to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. You know, we're all waiting in full costume, waiting on the buses to take us to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. There was this little boy um, waiting, 
And he was like maybe two and a half, three years old, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. He kept coming up to Andrew and, you know, saying, Jack, Jack. I mean, you know, he knew who Andrew was. And, you know, he ended up towards the end of it, he, you know, brought up his courage, brought up his courage a little bit. And at the end of it, he gave Andrew a hug. And Andrew was so good. I mean, he was real good with him. He didn't, you know, of course, Jack didn't talk. But, you know, he patted him, gave him a handshake. And, I mean, you could tell that made that little boy's, you know, night. It really did. Yeah, yeah. I'd say those are my two favorite things. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. And then, of course, there were Star Tours, which is always awesome. (laughs) And both times we rode Star Tours, normally I'd say, oh, we got the same movie twice. You know, because if you ride Star Tours, there's multiple segments. And you don't know what you're going to get. Well, both times we got Darth Vader. We got Hoth. We got Boba Fett. I mean, how freaking awesome was that? I mean, it's like both times we got. So it's like, I will never get that again. And, and both time, times, weren't we on the first row? Mm, I, I don't, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and both times we were on the first yeah, row. both times we were on so. the first row. So, yeah, it was awesome. So, uh, so on top of that, when we came back, the next weekend after we came back, uh, Marvel Universe Live... Oh, yes. Came to Lexington, Kentucky, which is near us, and uh, at Rupp Arena, and we went and saw that. And if you, in case you don't know what that is, it, that is basically, uh, you know, Disney does Disney on Ice uh, through Feld Entertainment. Feld Entertainment also does the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to those shows a lot, both the Disney and the Circus. They always put on a great show. Yeah, usually in the fall we do the Circus, and in the spring we do Disney on Ice. Right. And honestly, one of the reasons we wanted to do the Marvel Universe Live is because when we went to Disney, we did a lot of princess stuff. Right. I mean, we did. I mean, I'll yeah. be honest, and because I was planning it, that might have something to do with it. But um, anyway, Andrew was a really, really good sport, and we wanted to do something that was more skewed towards him. And this yeah. was, you know, kind of a surprise, as well as his birthday coming up in a couple weeks. So. Right. So we went and uh, did that, and uh, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a really, really well done show. It's got, uh, it, you know, it, as you walk in, it's like the only. This lady was out front saying the only live action experience with Spider Man, the X Men, the Avengers, you know. So basically saying Marvel can't put all these guys in the same movie due to yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the other other studios having the rights. But you can see them all together here, uh, which was was neat. So you did have Spider Man. Uh, the Avengers characters, uh, you had Captain America, you had Iron Man, of course, Thor. You had the Hulk, which I was kind of surprised that they, of course, they have to kind of do the Hulk, but they actually did it well. Uh, the Hulk comes in at the end, and they actually, Bruce Banner takes up, is in it more, and you know, they build up to you see right. the Hulk. And you find out that, that Bruce Banner was a, was a motocross expert. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a lot of motorcycle riding in that uh, yeah. <laughs> show, which, hmm. which is... I don't know about Bruce Banner riding a motorcycle, but other than that, it was... But he was like, you know, it's just simple f- physics. It's this and this, and then it's all the torque and the angle and blah, 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 you know, so... Yeah, well, they did. They, they did. science did it. Well, they did, yeah. Him and, him and Wolverine went off on a mission together, which was kind of interesting, considering that Wolverine first appeared in the Hulk comic. But uh, you had Wolverine, you had Cyclops, uh, and Storm. They were the X-Men represented. Uh, the other uh, characters, you had the Falcon, you had Black Widow, Hawkeye... Miss Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel Marvel was kind of the, huh, head-scratcher character that people were probably like, what? 
But uh, I'd say that was more of a, we have Captain Marvel kind of thing. Plus, they needed another woman to to balance balance out. out. And Marvel has, historically, Marvel has not had a lot of female characters that were marketable that, that, that stuck. Right. You know, that they tried in the 70s to market Spider-Woman. She had a cartoon, but by the early 80s, they weren't marketing her anymore. You know, uh, the, the Invisible Girl woman, they've, slash woman, they've, they've marketed her with the Fantastic Four, but rarely opposite, you know, I, I mean, besides herself. And uh, so, you know, and plus now we know, we'll get to that later, there is a Captain Marvel movie on the horizon from Marvel. And if that will... If, yeah, probably feature the Carol Danvers character at some point. You know, who knows? I don't think anybody really knows if they're going to start out with Mara Bell and transition to her or what. But, but uh, so she was in it, and uh, you know, lot of, pretty much all the villains. You think Loki's the big bad in it, of course, and and uh, it's it's kind of mixing elements of the Avengers movies, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe versions, and the uh, Disney animated versions that are on Disney XD. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, uh, the voices uh, seem to be the characters, act, the actors from those That's shows. What you and Andrew say. Uh, Andrew was pretty certain that Drake Bell was Spider Man, and the other actors of Cap and Iron Man were were all. And, and what I've seen of those, they sounded like them too. And he watches it all the time, so he would know. So I'm, uh, you know, of course, you know the actors that are out there in front of you. Are, you know, they're moving around too much, uh, so they're lip-syncing to the audio, yeah. which is what they always do at Disney on Ice. Of course, this was not on ice, but but it was, uh, if you've ever, I know you, you think of Disney on ice, oh my God, if you've ever seen a Disney on ice show, you know they put a lot into those with really good effects. Yes. There's a lot of action. I mean, you're surprised. I mean, even the princess stuff. They're, you know, like uh, Rapunzel, for instance. Uh, she's swinging around on her hair. She's swinging around on her hair, and Flynn Rider's doing a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, if you've got if you've got kids, and you're if you're a guy, and you're on the fence about it, you'll, you'll probably, you know, there's enough action and enough craft behind what they're doing. It's just really well done. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this Marvel. Of course, this Marvel's a little more hard-edged. There's explosions. There's fire. There's a guy on fire. I won't get, I won't get into that, but there's a dude on fire in this, which is pretty cool, you know. Uh, there's there's fireworks, there's there's lasers, uh, the way they pull off effects like Iron Man's repulsor rays and, and things like that is pretty neat. And, and uh, the only thing, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if I wasn't a dad and I didn't have kids, what, what do you think? Would you think that that would have, if you're a Marvel fan and you don't have kids... Do you think that that shows for you, Cindy, or do you kind of need to have that kid factor in there? I don't know. I mean, it where I come at it more from. I mean, it, it was enjoyable, uh-huh. but it would be one of those things that I wouldn't spend over thirty bucks for the ticket. Right. So right. let me put it that way. Right. Right. So it would be one of those things. I mean, they had like some seats that were like. 75 80 bucks and then they had some seats you know of course that were cheaper and they right. have gone to this dynamic pricing which makes my head hurt but anyway you know we ended up getting our tickets for i think right at 30 dollars a piece and to me i was comfortable with that price point right so. but i'm just i'm not so much as the price but i mean it, it's it, the story involves the tesseract the cosmic cube so it it involves you know it's it it, it 
it deals with the elements from the, that were in the movies. Uh, it ties into that. Um, I guess basically, if you like the Disney XD cartoons, mm-hmm. then you know you're probably you're probably cool yeah. with going and seeing that. I mean, if you've got it, if you don't have kids, you got a nephew or something, you know, grab them and take them or something. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. As a comic book fan, you'll you'll enjoy it. It's kind of funny too because behind us, me and Andrew were sitting there, and there was this little kid. I was a kid couldn't have been over. You said like eight or nine. Yeah, eight or nine years old, maybe. And Jarvis would come on and say, Jarvis here, the uh, Marvel Universe Live show will start in five minutes, you know, or something. Oh, your accent's atrocious, baby. Well, whatever. But but anyway, so this kid behind us is telling his mom, he said, did you know that Jarvis was a real person at one time? And she's like, what, really? And of course, you know, they know Jarvis from the voice inside Iron Man's helmet in the movies. And he's like, yeah, he was Tony Stark's butler. And he was also the Avengers butler. And she said, well, how could he be the butler to both? Well, because Tony Stark let the Avengers use his mansion. And that was their headquarters. And me and Andrew just kind of turned to each other and looked and said, well, this kid knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so it was really cool. There was, I mean, there were tons of kids in co- uh, costumes. A lot of Captain America costumes. Oh, yeah. Which does my heart good because I love Cap. He's my favorite. And my, my idea, the, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Captain America and those other guys. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's the Avengers for me. Captain America and the other guys that show up. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, but we had a, we had a great time. If you're, if it comes to your town, I don't think you'll be, if you got kids, no kids that are family, uh, take them, have a good time. Uh, you know, maybe wait, don't get the real super expensive seats. I don't know about, like you said, I don't know about that going, dynamic price going over here. and that might be different from different arena right, to different true, arena. True. But, uh, but yeah, check it out. I think I think you'll enjoy it. It's it's a well done production. It's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, you get to see and us kids of the seventies. Captain America wears a helmet, and rides a motorcycle a lot, so you'll get a definite red brown. Yeah, red brown. And there's killer. even a toy you could have got um, there. That's one of the things. And I swear, I saw Chris reach for your wallet. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> I think you did. I was, I just while well, the whole time I was looking at it. Da, 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 da. I'm pretty sure you just about got in line for it. I really do. I could hear that Mike Post theme song in my head the whole time he was out there riding around his motorcycle. (laughs) That's bad. But, uh, so, speaking of live action uh, in superheroes, uh, while we were... And suitability for kids. And suitability for, yeah. I mean, that's a big point. That's a point with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the, the fall TV season started, and of course there's a ton of comic-based shows going on. You had Arrow return for a third season. You had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. return for a second season. And uh, you had The Flash spin out of of Arrow. And uh, I'll be fully honest here, got behind on Arrow, haven't watched season two, uh, DVR'd it, and when we went to watch it, found out that somehow the first three or four episodes from season two had gotten deleted. Yeah. Which really stinks. So uh, I'm going to have to watch that at some point. Did watch the season premiere and uh, was a little lost. Cool to see Brandon Routh on there as Ray Palmer, who yeah. all comic fans know is the Adam. Uh, so, uh, also nice to see, you know, I really feel like Brandon Routh got the shaft yeah. uh, in the whole Superman Returns uh, aftermath. So He's a cutie. He's a, you know, and he seems like a really cool guy. And, he, you know, I like him. So, uh, as an as an actor, uh, so it's in... Uh, 
I haven't got to see any of the other Arrow episodes yet. It's just been so busy. But I have made a point every week to watch The Flash. Yes. Because, damn, that's a good show. <laughs> I like it. I like and, it. And, I mean, it's got a likable lead. I mean, yeah. I like the story. I like where, where it's going. I mean, it's one of those things. You can sit down and watch it with, with your family. And it's not, you know, there's a couple things that are yeah, you know, a little... Yeah, it's a little violent here and there. But it's nothing. I mean, it's honestly not... Nothing. It's not nearly as dark as Arrow or Gotham, which we'll get to uh-huh. in a minute. I mean, it's it's just uh, really been enjoying the heck out of it. I'll be honest, I was a little dubious. I'm not a fan of the whole Barry's mom was murdered and uh, his dad was framed for it because I like, you know, can't, can't a hero just do the right thing because he's a good person? Right. I mean, you know, that's one thing I always liked about The Flash. He was a cop. He, you know, he was a good cop. He was a good-hearted guy. He got the powers. He used it for good. You know, some people would just do that. I mean, right. I'm sorry. You don't have to have some tragedy. But having said that, they have really done a great job in this show of making it work. Mm-hmm. And I think it works better and I'm more isolated. I know he's part of this growing DC universe on TV. But in this more isolated universe where there isn't a Batman that we know of, and all this and that, it it doesn't it isn't as like it isn't quite as oh yeah of course one of your parents got murdered you know right uh, and it's great to see that they cast John Wesley Ship as his dad and uh, I've got to put this out there because Andrew who you heard on the last two episodes of the show our son who we've been been talking about he had a really great idea and I won't get too spoilery but it sure looks like there's definitely some time travel or some some alternate reality stuff going on in the show. We want, we don't want to get into spoilers and ruin it for people who haven't seen it. But there's definitely some hints to that. And he said, you know, what it would wouldn't it be cool if they had a storyline where there's this alternate reality where Barry goes to or it bleeds into ours where Henry Allen, John Wesley Ship, becomes the Flash instead of Barry. And then you could have John Wesley Ship be the Flash again. At least for one episode. One episode. Yeah. That would be freaking awesome. <laughs> because old dude's still, dude's like a freaking tank. He's just still huge, you know. And, uh, he, you know, it's great to see him on there. The whole cast is is really sharp. And, and I really just like the format they've got. And, of course, they've got, you've got Firestorm coming up. I don't yeah. think that's a big secret. Everybody knows. Uh, Robbie Amell's always already been on there as Ronnie Raymond. And uh, he was, you know, very likable. Uh, if you've listened to the Fire and Water uh, episode where Rob and Shag talked about live action stuff, they discussed it there, and we won't go beyond that too much. But uh, I'm really looking forward. They got Victor Garber coming in as Professor Stein, uh, you know, and they, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of Firestorm characters. They have Multiplex on there. You've had uh, in the Flash Rogues Gallery. They're really using them well. Mm-hmm. Pulling in some other ropes. They had the Mist from Starman. Uh, you've had uh, Weather Wizard, Captain Cold, hitting at Heat Wave. I mean, so it's, uh, I'm just really enjoying the heck out of it. And I honestly wasn't expecting to like it this well. Yeah. yeah. I really wasn't. And uh, it's it's just a whole lot of fun. And and it's just, it's, it's lighter than Arrow. Uh, than definitely than Arrow started out as, and I know Arrow's lightened up quite a bit, but it's uh, 
it's just more my cup of tea, and I'm 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 really glad it's it seems to be doing really well, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to where they're going with this because they've got some. I mean, and it's so well done. I mean, the effects are just really well, really yes. well done for television. I mean, it's just you know, I, I you know, it's it's a movie movie quality FX every week, and the way they figured out how to do a speed is just really well done. So uh, another we did watch the 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 pilot the premiere of Gotham. Haven't watched other episodes. I've seen bits and pieces here and there. I wasn't overly I'm impressed. not a fan. Oh. I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, it, it is not accessible for children. Oh, no, not at all. No. It, it's not. It's one of those things that you cannot watch that with a child that's, say, under the age of probably 11 or 12. No. And it's one of, I mean... And to me, it's putting it out there, just trying to make connections that aren't really there. Right. You know, oh, well, this and this and this. And I'm like, really? I mean, no. Yeah, it's... And nastiness for nastiness sake. And, you know... Yeah, just, it, to me, it's it just... It, I don't know. It just seems kind of empty. I don't know. There's yeah. just... It's like it's uh, it's it, it's trying to be a like a hard-boiled gritty cop show that would be on like one of the pay cable shows but it's you know grafting batman characters onto it which is just kind of i don't know i mean i know that yeah obviously that you know the gritty backstory you know from the long halloween and from from batman year one and and the nolan movies and and things like that but you know i in in a lot of ways i feel like this is kind of going even into a more adult realm than than the Nolan movies did, you know, I mean, to a point, and it's just kind of, it's just seedier feeling or something, I don't know, I just, I'm not, I'm just not a real, and I, and I, and as much as I, and I enjoyed Smallville, a lot of people say, well, what's the point of having a Superman show without Superman in it, but with Smallville, to me, there was a precedent for that, because you had years of Superboy stories, you had the segment in Superman the movie, uh, you essentially, Smallville was a Superboy series where he didn't wear the costume. Right. You know, and you had, in the comics, established that, of course, Lana Lang was there. Of course, Lex Luthor was said to have, you know, lived in Smallville and was a friend of Clark's to begin with, Superboy's. So, that had more of a precedent than this, where you've got, you know, you've got Gordon, you've got, I know in, in you know, the Nolan movies, they established that Gordon was there the night that the Waynes were murdered and everything. Which is fine, but you know the fact that you've got all these characters in their proto states interacting before they become—it's yeah. just I don't know. It's just more of a stretch. It just—I I don't know. I, why not just? I just give us a live-action Batman TV series. Yeah. You know, I mean, just you know, and and apparently WB doesn't have a problem with having a live-action series and announcing a separate live-action movie because they've announced they made a big announcement on upcoming DC films. Nice segue there, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're so they're they're going to have uh, they announced in addition to many other movies a Flash movie that's going to have a different actor than than Grant Gustin that's playing it on TV. Which I'm like, we like this guy, put him in the movie. You know? yeah. so, but uh, so their announcement uh, made several weeks back. So news really probably by now. But of course you got Batman v Superman, Dawn of Legal Justice on the in 2016. Uh, Suicide Squad, also in 2016. Wonder Woman and Justice League in 2017. The Lego Batman movie in 2017. 
Uh, I didn't really have any hard dates on these, so that's why I don't have any dates outside. The Flash, which we spoke of, 2018, with Ezra Miller as The Flash. I don't really know who that guy is, but apparently he was in that Perks of Being a Wallflower movie. I haven't seen it. So. I don't know. Aquaman in 2018. Oh, really? Okay. Uh-huh. Aquaman in 2018 with Rob Kelly. I mean, uh, not Rob Kelly. Uh, Jason Momoa. Uh, <laughs> the Lego Movie 2, which, of course, will have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman in 2018. Shazam with... The Rock, apparently, is Black Adam in uh, 2019. Justice League 2 in 2019. Cyborg. Cyborg? In 2020. And uh, Green Lantern, after apparently the stink dies off the Ryan Reynolds movie in 2020 as well. Right. So, But you have to figure out these dates are, you know, six years out. So the, whether yeah. they get done a lot or of pe- not. A lot of the response was, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, a lot of it was like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. You know, it's yeah, kinda, I mean, whereas the the Marvel announcement we'll get to in a minute, everybody's like, hell yeah. And they're all like, you know, it's like, can't wait. But the DC's like, uh-huh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is kind of bad, and I, and I kind of feel bad, but it's just, I don't know. It's, I think everybody's just, and I'm a DC guy. I mean, I, I am a, more a DC fan than a Marvel fan, but I mean, there's, you know, and we've talked about, I don't want to beat the, we, the episode before, we got right. into the House of Franklin style. Well, I mean, it's it. one of these things. I mean, just me looking at it, it seems like DC is better at translating their characters to a TV format, whereas Marvel is better at translating their characters to a movie format. Yeah, it seems like that right now, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does. Yeah. I mean, as far as what is going on right now, if they can get it together, you know... But I mean, as far as yeah, like you know, linked take up, the elements, like yeah. like Agents of Shield has elements of the movies, and yeah, yeah, but it's still that thing that you know Marvel does a better job with their movies. DC seems to be doing a better job with their TV. It's just they can't do both, right? So, right. Or at least it doesn't seem that way. Well, and and of course Marvel, you know, had their big announcement, and and they you know showed the Avengers two trailer. And since then, we've even seen an additional element to the trailer uh, in a couple, a uh, couple little shaky cam scenes from that presentation. So you got uh, Captain America: Civil War in in May sixth of twenty sixteen, and that's actually going to have Robert Downey Jr. in it. Uh, so that's uh, you know Iron Man and Cap's philosophical difference uh, differences erupt as per the comic. Although I hope it's not. And I trust these guys not to slavishly Go follow that, rails, yeah. follow that comic because I did not like what I've read of that comic because everybody was grossly written out of character to make that story work. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy any of it. I didn't buy Peter Parker. Of course, Spider Man won't be in this unless they have some, you know, great coup that they get the rights back from Sony or something at the last minute. But uh, Peter Parker revealing his secret identity. I never bought that. He's the last comic book character that would ever reveal his secret identity to anybody, to the world. I mean, that's just BS. I don't care who wrote it. I'm sorry. But uh, then you got Doctor Strange on November 4th of that year, 2016, which with apparently Benjamin Cumberbatch, although I've never heard that that's official official, but if it is, that's great casting. Uh, Then you got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Duh. Yay! May 5th, 2017. Thor Ragnarok, July 28th, 2017. So just like two months later. And then in November of 2017, you've got the Black Panther, who's been cast uh, as uh, Chadwick Boseman. Who who's I'm, that? I'm not familiar with him. I didn't. I should have looked it up before we started, but I just didn't. I'm not familiar with him. Saw a design sketch of what he looks like. 
It's going to be pretty sweet. Hmm. Uh, Captain Marvel, which we mentioned, July 6, 2018. The Inhumans, November 2nd, 2018. And then the Avengers Infinity War Part 1, May 2018, and Part 2, May 2019. So they're doing a splitting up the movie in two parts over two years, two summers. So so there you go. So lots of, uh, lots of Marvel excitement. Oh, and I did forget to mention that Warner Brothers said separate solo Superman and Batman movies would be sprinkled in somewhere amongst their announcements. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, okay then. All right. <laughs> what? So, but uh, so yeah, lots of lots of uh, lots of exciting news and and things going on. So, uh, I think for Marvel, for Marvel, <laughs> for Marvel. <laughs> you know, I really, I really hope that. That uh, and, and and I'm not one of these guys. I, I liked Man of Steel. I do think, I think, and we've we've already discussed this, and I hate to beat this horse again, but I really do hope that that they have learned what was the element of fun and joy that was missing from Man of Steel, and they inject that in their future movies going forward. If they do that, if they you know they don't have to copy exactly what Marvel did, but they do need to bring. The fun. Bring the fun. You know, yeah. I mean, like we said before, Guardians of the Galaxy, a whole lot of fun. Oh, Captain yeah. America, the Winter Soldier, heavy subject, but still lots of fun. Yeah. It can be heavy and still have fun with it. So let's have some fun, you know. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to read your feedback on the House of Frankenstein and other episodes of Supermates. C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia. Jean Grey. Darth Maul. Nick Fury. Grand Moff Tarkin. Captain America. Lando Calrissian. Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, Imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana Podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice. Merida. Pepe. Bruce. Ralph the Dog. Wally. The Disney Indiana Podcast. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. Okay, we're back. And uh, we're going to go over some some of your missives we've got on our House of Franklin Stein episodes and other general stuff. So you want to take the first one, babe? Sure. Um, the title of this one was, You Can't Go Wrong with the Universal Monsters, and this is submitted by Gene Hendricks of The Hammer Strikes. Chris and Cindy, another great show. 
Thank you, G. I know I'm listening to the right podcast when someone makes a young Frankenstein reference without meaning to. I haven't seen Bride as much as I have the original Frankenstein, but I still love the classic universal take on the story. In fact, I think I like the universal versions of most monsters better than any other version. I agree with you. You got it. I would love to see a full-on Dracula adaptation, but in the current climate of all villains are just misunderstood heroes, tear, they would just end up with another piece of garbage like Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was in no way like the novel, except for the narrative trope. And then there's the comic. Wow. Plot holes aplenty there. I guess the balloon vendors of Metropolis haven't heard of this little thing called the Hindenburg disaster. <laughs> That's what can happen when you fill a balloon with hydrogen. But it's okay. The Deuce Ex Machina, I mean the Phantom Stranger, shows up at the end to take care of them. In other words, Superman actually was completely unnecessary to the story. Even the art of John... Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Lopez. Oh, I couldn't figure out what he was. JLGL. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his his name. name. (laughs) Can't save this one. I'm looking forward to more House of Frankenstein episodes. Gene. Yeah, well, you know, good point. It's kind of funny you mention that because I have not seen it, but... That Dracula Untold, or was it, that's the name of Dracula Untold? I think so. It came out October the 10th. Yeah, too much going on to go see that, but uh, that definitely seemed to be painting the historical Dracula in a heroic light, which is okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you think that's the thing to do, go ahead. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's hard to... You know, just have an evil villain nowadays. You got to understand him. Or, you oh, know, poor baby. It's like the the Halloween remake where you have to understand where Michael Myers is coming from. You know, it's like no, he's just supposed to be evil. Mm-hmm. That's the point. <laughs> but uh, thanks for writing in, Gene. Uh, then we got uh, another uh, missive from Sean Engel of uh, just one of the guys and many other fine podcasts, and it's called Halloween Supermates. He says, okay, full disclosure, I haven't finished the first Halloween episode yet, but if it's even half as fun as the first 15 minutes has been, then you two are off to a great start in celebrating the Halloween season. I love Cindy's accidental pronunciation of Frankenstein and the quick tangent it led to. Looking forward to finishing it up this evening at work. Hope you and the family have a great Halloween, and I look forward to all the spooky episodes you have planned for the season. Sean Engel, host of Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast. Well, thanks, Sean. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the rest of the episodes, and uh, you know we always enjoy your shows. And uh, just one of the guys and uh, Who True Freaks and and uh, the horror show over there, Two True Freaks, which I can never remember the exact name of the uh, Vault of Startling Horror Monster Tales of Terror. Is that close? That's close. I don't know if that's exactly right, but I can never put the words all together. But I always get to, that's a great show. I always get a kick out of that one too. So thank you for writing in. So you want to take the next one? Sure. This one's from one of our favorite fellas, Rob. And great episode, as usual. I stopped what I was listening to when this popped up on my phone. In this case, I stopped listening to my own show, which I was audio proofing. So if there's a mistake in the next Who's Who's show, it's your fault. Oops. Sorry about that. (laughs) I love the Universal Monster movies. I can only assume that you're trying some sort of pinpoint marketing aimed at me and my interests. Hey, we try, you know. That's right. The surveys worked. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I look forward to Supermates episodes devoted to Bob Dylan, Treasury Comics, and White Christmas. Well, I know as far as I'm concerned, Bob Dylan, sorry, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Uh, Treasury Comics, I can hang with you there. And White Christmas, yes. Um, regarding the Superman issue, I know that my lack of enthusiasm for the work of Kurt Swan is well documented. And I see no need to go over it again here. <laughs> that said, having that masterful, nightmarish Jose Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. Cover on the book and only to get Kurt Swan art on the inside, inked by... Sierra Monte. Thank you. No less. Who I also feel was one of Swan's worst inkers is tantamount to bait and switch. I have to agree with you there. I hate when comics have this really cool cover and the inside art is not living up to that. So, one final thing to Cindy. Oh, okay, that's for me. Yay! As to why we feel the need to follow Jose Lar Jose Luis Garcia Lopez with praise be his name, is because I feel that he is the single finest comic book artist ever to work in the medium. I'm, I mean, he is awesome. I, I have to give you that. And I'd say he's really, really up there. I, I get you with that. I just thought it was like something that was official. I didn't realize it was something you have now started that has become official. So oh, it's official. Is <laughs> um, because I feel he is the single finest comic book artist ever to work in the medium but does not get the attention and praise of more showier artists like Neil Adams, John Byrne, Frank Miller, etc. I'm extremely proud it caught on, as you should be. Finally, finally, I will donate $20 to the show if Chris does a whole episode in his Solomon Grundy voice. I'm sorry, but he talks enough like that as it is. We know need to get it recorded like that. $20 or not, I'll pay you 40 to not. <laughs> Something Grundy don't know what you talk about here. Something Grundy just trying to read email on show. Strongest one there is. Sorry. Shut <laughs> up. <sighs> okay, so now I'll do. I'll try that thing you asked me about. If you'll not do that again. <laughs> Let's not talk about that on the air. <laughs> it's illegal in several states. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, so we got a. Oh, ooh. man! If you could, if, can you tell my face is red? Is does that go across the audio spectrum? Uh, uh, so, so we got an email from the Godfather of Comic Related Podcast, Michael Bailey. Aha! Uh Aha! -huh. Uh -huh. It says toys with exclamation point. Cindy and Chris. First, I would like to apologize that it took me so long to get around to listening to your show. There are just too many podcasts out there right now, so it takes me a while to listen to the ones I really want to listen to. The show is a lot of fun. While Cindy strikes me as being a little more into comics and such than my own wife, Rachel, the dynamic you both have and the conversation that go on remind me a lot of my wife and I talking about this sort of thing. The episodes I wanted to write in about today were your two-parter about toys. Chris is a year older than me, so a lot of his toy... Toy likes match mine. So he had to point out that I was older than him. <laughs> Speaking of which, in December, Chris will be turning 40. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I love you, baby. Thank you for bringing that up. That's <laughs> nice. I don't really care, honestly. It's better than being dead. I, too, went through phases with toys. When I was really young, it was Migos. Then it was Star Wars, two Christmases and birthdays. He-Man, one Christmas and birthday, and getting over... Having my tonsils removed, superpowers, one Christmas and Easter and birthday, and then two years of G.I. Joe's to round out my toy youth. Transformers were always a little expensive, so I didn't have many of those, but I watched that show religiously. Your memories brought up my own, and I always have time to listen to people talk about the greatest decade of toys ever. 
And I wanted to point out that uh, Michael's actually done an episode. Uh, he was on a Transformer panel at Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. And there's a there's an episode of uh, his very excellent podcast, Views from the Long Box, where they talk about Transformers. And that's a really great episode. I got a kick out of that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you're right, Michael. The Transformers, I didn't have a whole lot of the more expensive ones. I had a lot of the mini-bots because they were cheap. But, yeah, the expensive ones were really expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. you could get, like, a G.I. Joe vehicle with two figures for the price of one Transformer, you know. So, you know, you kind of had to you had to be choosy, you know. <laughs> Uh, the Cabbage Patch Kid conversation made me chuckle a bit and brought up even more memories. Back before the dolls got really big, 1980 and 1981, my paternal grandmother, who lived near Atlanta, Georgia, actually made my sisters and I our own Cabbage Patch type dolls. Mama Gertie was always into crafty type things, and the pattern to make those dolls were out there. All of my sisters received two dolls, and I did too, but mine were different. One of a little boy with blonde hair. And that was my greatest American hero doll. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. You can, you know, the one with the, I remember the, the cabbage patch with the real frizzy blonde hair. It, it did like, look like William Cat. Yeah. <laughs> so the one I wished I had, uh, the wish I had today was the doll made of green material with a torn brown shirt and purple pants. Mama Gertie made me an incredible Hulk cabbage patch type doll. And I love that thing so much. It eventually fell apart. Oh, that's awesome. That is. Yeah. That, I mean, who else, you know, had a, Hulk cabbage Yeah, that's right. I was unaware of the shady nature of Xavier Roberts putting out the dolls. I didn't know about the hospital and all that. A few years back, my wife and I traveled to Cleveland, Georgia, to watch two of our friends renew their vows. And as we were heading to their house, I saw the sign telling us to turn there to go to Babyland General Hospital. Cleveland is a small town, so this apparently is one of the bigger draws to the city, so much so that that the McDonald's we stopped at had all kinds of Cabbage Patch memorabilia on display. Hmm. It was strange, but kind of cool at the same time. We should stop by there next time we're down that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, I have rambled on long enough. I always look. I look forward to listening to the rest of the episodes in the weeks to come. Keep putting out a fantastic podcast, and y'all take care. Regards, Michael Bailey. P.S. The description of Batmite as that fat kid in a Batman costume made me laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, Michael, and that I really do appreciate the feedback. I know Michael's like he's got. I made the. I think I made the joke in like the very first episode of Supermate something about there's four podcasts out there and like three of them have Michael Bailey on them. <laughs> so uh, he actually commented on that. I think on Facebook or something too. See, we need to have him on here. Yeah, yeah. Well, anytime you want to come on the show, Michael, come on by. We'll, we've got plenty to talk about. Obviously, we talk, well, yeah. we'll talk about toys, whatever you want to talk about. You know, come on. If you if you can find time between all the other shows, so you do. That's right. But you know, if, if Michael Bailey's on a podcast, it's it's a it's the show you need to listen to. So uh, can't recommend enough. Tales of the JSA, uh, Superman from Crisis to Crisis, and of course, Views from the Long Box and uh, Comic Book Monthly Mondays on Two True Freaks. It's all great stuff. So we got another one from Gene. You want to take this one? Sure. The title of this one is Hammer Time. That's interesting because he's the hammer strikes guy, so hammer time. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, anyway, he says, yeah, I know, bad joke. My, my brain said I had to. I understand that. I live with one like that, too. Uh, something that I'm sorely lacking in is watching Hammer Horror. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, I've seen clips of Christopher Lee falling through the ice at the end of the Dracula movie, etc., but I haven't seen a whole film. Oh, travesty, Gene. That's awful. Yeah. How do you live? I know, for real, <laughs> especially you, at Halloween time. How do you go on? <laughs> of course, now all I'm going to be thinking when I do watch them is how much is the woman wearing and how many bites does it take to the Tootsie Roll center of a vampire? Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. 
Here's an interesting tidbit about vampires crossing running water. I don't remember the name of the series, but there were some books about a vampire that had custom boots with a hollow compartment between the sole and his foot. He kept dirt from his grave in those compartments so that technically were there, wherever he walked, he was on his native soil, allowing him to cross streams and such. Oh, maybe uh, Christopher Lee's Dracula used the same trick. I uh, do not know. We'll have to investigate that. Yeah, I mean, if you you know, if you imagine if you had like platform boots like Kiss wears, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. Gene Simmons, you could you could have a whole ton of dirt in there. Yeah, for reals. <laughs> I mean, that's where you know he's kind of vampiric, so maybe that's how he does his thing. Uh, so then now we've got another email from Rob. And uh, actually, I think it was a comment on the Supermates page. Oh, this is episode... Um, House Frankenstein episode. He didn't put a title. I just called it. I think he commented on the... On oh, the on Facebook. Gotcha. Uh, well, no, on the Supermates page. Oh, on the sorry. Supermates, the Supermates page at supermatescomic.blogspot.com. Hint, hint. <laughs> Cindy's relentless applying of logic is going to start causing trouble in the normally bedrock Franklin marriage the more geeky stuff you cover. Nah, he's used to it. This is one of the reasons why I think there should be more women in government, because we'd all be better off. But dissecting the plot of a 40-year-old vampire movie? This is a no-logic zone. Never. I must. <laughs> she tries She tries to find logic holes in, like, Sesame Street. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just... It's like, why is the count outside during the day? Shouldn't he be on fire? Yes. <laughs> or sparkling? Hey, actually talking about Sesame Street and Count Dracula, just a little thing. One of the reasons that he's counts is because vampires, one of the th- the myths about vampires, if you were ever approached by a vampire, the myth was if you threw out salt or rice or something like that, they are supposed to have to count the grains. Right, right. And that's the reason the count is a counter. Oh, I have heard that legend about vampires before. Yeah, but, but that's why. Oh, well, that makes sense. There you go. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> One grain of salt. Ah, ah, ah. Two grains of salt. Ah, okay. <laughs> the issue of Detective sounds awesome. I've never read it. We'll have to pick it up. Yes, it is awesome, and you need to pick it up. Why aren't you picking it up? Go pick it up. So, <laughs> I will donate $20 to the charity of your choice if Chris does a whole episode switching back and forth between doing Solomon Grundy and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. <laughs> Again, my offer stands from earlier. Here at Muppet Labs, we have taken this large swamp zombie and have decided to experiment on it, Beaker. <laughs> Again, my offer from earlier still stands. Solomon Grundy tired of being strapped this table. <laughs> Again, my offer stands. <laughs> but he's going to... I've got like, what, like... 40 bucks coming from Rob if I do this stuff. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Our next um, email or feedback is from, again, Gene Hendricks, and this is about our Werewolves episode. And this one is to Chris, Cindy, and Andrew. Now, this film I love. Lon Chaney Jr. does a great job in this role, both as the Curse Larry and as the title character. Yeah, there are issues with it, but I think it's still one of the best of the Universal Monster movies. Definitely agree with you there. As for the comic, it isn't as bad as the Superman issue you covered, but that's not really saying much now, is it? No, it's not. It seems like a goofy, we need to get werewolf by night more exposure. How can we contrive to team him up with Spider-Man? Not very solid at all, which is disappointing from Wing. I really enjoyed the addition of Andrew to the show. Oh, thank you. We like him too. Uh, He had some great insights on what you covered this time out. Obviously, he wasn't too damaged by Howard the Duck. 
you know, Rob has made a point to on Fire and Water shows to point out the fact that I abuse my children by making them watch movies like Howard the Duck and Ernest Goes to Camp. So, <laughs> you know, we watched the Haunted Mansion movie last night too. With so, Eddie Murphy. So yeah. a lot of people loathe that film as well. So there you go. There's another one, Rob, for you. Uh, but thanks for writing in, Gene. And I, yeah, Wolfman is still, you know, as we brought up, it's it's my favorite Universal monster movie. I know it's Andrews, and uh, you know, it's 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 just, uh, and I think it's probably the really last great Universal monster movie before I had Costello meet Frankenstein because that's just a perfect movie. It's, there's nothing wrong with that movie, but it's better than all the in between sequels and the Mummy movies and the House movies and all that stuff. Uh, so then we got a, uh, another uh, comment from Rob uh, on the Werewolf episode, episode number three. Uh, Frank and Siskoid style, which, of course, those are guys that contribute to the fire and water feedback all the time. And Siskoid actually is the co-host of the the, uh, the DC role-playing show that Shag does from time to time. I'm not done on the episode yet, but I have a few comments. This episode doubles as a guest star show and a PSA on how to teach your son how to behave around women. Now you know what I deal with every week on the Fire and Water podcast. <laughs> the difference is with Andrew, there's always hope. There's no hope with Shag. He is, in fact, irredeemable. So there you go. Uh, number two. Number two. I enjoyed Cindy's genre-appropriate response to being made fun of. Bite me. <laughs> oh, I say that whatever time yeah, of year. That's you know. daily, yeah. Three, it takes a village to raise a lycanthrope. Well, I laughed. Yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> That's Hillary Clinton's new book, Takes a Village to Raise a Lycanthrope. I thought we were four. I thought we were safely out of a logic nebula once we got out of the synopsis, but it raises its ugly head later on. Bala the Gypsy, of course, should not be out working late at night, but when you live and die on a fortune-telling-based economy, you can't leave any money on the table. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh, sorry. <laughs> Number five, I like the idea, Reeve, why Bela's uh, werewolf looks more like a wolf, and it's, the longer you are one, the more of your humanity you lose. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to explain it. You know, they uh, we put, obviously put a lot more thought into it than Universal did, so. So I think that is a good idea regarding why Bela yeah. is the werewolf. It's kind of sad for know. Larry, though, because eventually he's going to turn to his own dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it was... On Janie's dog. Uh, six, The Wolfman is probably the most iconic and perfect universal monster movie. It doesn't suffer from Browning's drab staging in Dracula and Wells' flights of whimsy in the two Frankenstein films. Yet it's before the rot set in with the later, what the hell, they're just for kids sequels. <laughs> yeah, it's before all the brain transplants when they're like, they don't even realize it's like, I'm going to get... You know, I'm going to get a new brain. It's like, well, don't you think that'll kill you? <laughs> it's like, yeah. you'll be dead or you'll be off in somebody else's body. And yeah, they did. The brain transplants just didn't quite. Yeah, they got really just way too into that. Number seven, it's amazing to think, considering how successful this film was at the box office, that there was no sequel before Wolfie got teamed up with the other monsters. Frankenstein got four sequels all to himself. Yeah, that is really strange. I know. And the, the thing is, is that. <clears throat> Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman is a really, half of that movie is a really great Wolfman sequel. I mean, there's elements of it that are even improvements on elements from the Wolfman. I mean, the transformations are better. His makeup's, like, perfected in that one, I think. You don't think he looked better as the Wolfman than in that movie. That awesome scene at the beginning with the grave robbers that revive Larry, that's, like, one of the scariest, moodiest scenes in any Universal Horror movie. 
but then you get the whole the Frankenstein story with Bela as Frankenstein with the unfortunate editing where they you know did a butcher job on his performance because they decided they didn't like his voice coming out of the monster and all that stuff. So you know it's it's kind of a mixed bag, but there is a good Wolfman sequel in that movie. But yeah, it's a shame we didn't get a straight up one. <laughs> Number eight, Maliva. Maliva. <laughs> and you know what? It's a good thing this is an audio podcast. <laughs> yes, it was funny because we were watching, we were flipping around on, well, on TCM before Dish and Turner had their little snit, and we lost TCM because they didn't renew their contract with Dish, and I got screwed out of a bunch of cool Halloween movies, thanks. But we were watching. <laughs> I had the DVR set up to tape, like I, the to tape to record a um, another Hammer Mummy movie and several other things, and then freaking lost TCM. We still ain't got it back, and several other Turner channels. Which, but anyway, we were watching, flipping around before we lost it, and I said, "Oh, this this I don't remember what the movie was now, but it's like there's Maria Alpenskaya, and Cindy's like, oh, Maliva, and I'm like." You said it right <laughs> now. Now you say it right. <laughs> just boom, Maliva. Just <laughs> not Melvina and. I revoked my offer from before. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> On to our next one. Oh. This one's from Zeb Oswald. Cool podcast. Thank you, Zeb, for taking the time to write in, and thank you for thinking so. Yes, thank you. Uh, then we've got another letter from Gene. Uh, it says, The Monster Squad Meets the Super Friends, which is obviously our, our last episode, yes? Yet another great episode. I haven't seen The Monster Squad in years. No, it's not a hugely great movie, but it is a love letter to the Halloween version of The Monsters. I remember my sister and I watching it, and then we decided that we'd form our own Monster Squad. Actually, now that I think about it, I probably talked her into it. Yeah, you, you probably did. She's three years younger than me, and I was always able to convince her to play what I wanted to. Heck, I even managed to convince her to be Todd while I played my tour with my wiffle ball bat as a club. You know, those really big wiffle ball bats make a great my tour club. They're sweet. You know, you know what my tour is, don't you? He's the caveman superhero. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the big club. Yeah, Kind of like sorry, proto didn't... Captain Caveman. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> without the, you know, yelling, screaming. <laughs> uh, the comic sounds just like an episode of the cartoon, which is quaint. I actually thought you were going to do the episode of the show where Robin and Frankenstein Monster each get a portion of the powers of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. This one sounds interesting, and I would definitely read this to my daughter if I had it. I miss when everyone, kids and adults, could read comics without problems. Oh, Thank well. you, praise the Lord, baby Jesus. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> oh, well, I guess that's why I don't read modern comics. Exactly. A um, few, few points there before we go to the rest of his email. Uh, yeah, the, the Super Friends episode you mentioned... I almost did cover either the Super Friend, that Super Friend episode, or the one with Dracula. Uh, but I, we just done a Super Friends episode not too long ago when we did the Universe of Evil. So I thought, well, maybe we'd be better. You know, we just we stuck to the comic format there. But yeah, that episode where I always love that episode because you know you get the Frankenstein monster at the beginning, you get this weird tar octopus monster that Doctor Frankenstein makes, which is really kind of strange. And uh, then you get the super Superman's body with Batman's head, gnarly teeth, and Wonder Woman's bracelet and lasso creature. 
and they take the remaining amount of the super friend's powers and put it into Robin, and you get like a like a nine foot tall Robin flying yeah. around, and Casey Kasem drops his voice, you know, <laughs> and they fight, you know, and it's it's really cool. He like pulls out, he wears a lead suit, pulls that kryptonite on the guy. I mean, it's a really it's crazy nuts super friend stuff, but it's fun. And the Dracula one's really kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. You get Dracula the asthmatic in that episode. Yeah. And you're like, <gasps> Superman! <laughs> like the whole episode. Don't like, no, make fun of people with asthma. I, well, I, yeah, and, and Cindy does have asthma. And, and so does Danny. So does Danny. I'm not making fun of asthmatics, but Dracula sounds like he needs an inhaler. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Or Darth Vader's helmet. But he does in that episode. Anyway... Gene finishes with, thanks for helping to get me in the mood for Halloween. I hope we hear a return to the House of Frankenstein next October. Uh, yeah. Yeah, chances are that's going to happen. So, you know, they can only keep those guys down so long and then they break out of the house. Or, yeah. You know, if you had seen more Hammer movies, Gene, you would know. <laughs> they always come they back. They always come back. So even if you destroy Dracula and he's a pile of ashes, all you got to do is, like, drip somebody's blood over him or something. And well, come yeah. Back. It's like you put him in a Play-Doh mold, the ashes, and you put fresh blood on him. He just comes back together. It's like I like that. It's like kind of like yeast in a package, you know. <laughs> put it in a muffin tin and poof, <laughs> instant vampire. Okay, so, you digress. I know I did. Okay, um, this one is the House of Frankenstein, Franklinstein, episode four from Rob, and he goes on to say, "I somehow missed the Monster Squad growing up." I probably thought it was a little too kitty looking for me. I was 16, despite the presence of monsters. Yeah, Rob, you're older than me. <laughs> so I didn't see the movie until just a few years ago. And while I appreciate the movie for its love of the universal monsters, it's not in my bones in it. It's not in my bones the way it is for a lot of people around my age. Andrew's forlorn, I wish I had a treehouse comment made me sad. I know it made us sad too. And I'm completely ignoring the Aquaman bashing. Just wait. There'll be more. Uh, (laughs) If there's a picture of tits, a teenage boy will find them. There's wisdom in their show. (laughs) Yes, Rob. Yes, there is. (laughs) Yeah, I almost cut that line out, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I mean. And I didn't realize I'd said it until after I heard it. And I was like, oops. (laughs) (laughs) You got to remember it's being recorded. We are saying this in front of a recording device. And I do put it out on the internet. And as you know, if it's out on the internet, it's out there forever. So. And like they say on uh, Phineas and Ferb, if it's on the internet, it never really goes away. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, so uh, thanks for everybody for writing in. That's the end of our feedback so far. And uh, I think it looked like, uh, you know, we had a really good response Uh had really good numbers, download numbers for House of Franklinstein, to be honest. Uh, and uh, we just really had a great time with it. Uh, so I, I think definitely we'll re- revisit that. And we might, you know, take a trip down the horror lane before Halloween comes back around. But we'll definitely... Instead of Christmas in July, maybe we can do pumpkins in April or, you know, yeah, yeah. sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vampires in April or something. So that'll do it for this episode. Next time... Uh, awesome. Every time I do that, I think... I, Andrew. And next time and then, on Super Mates. Yeah, next, I'll think of Andy. Like, next time on a new episode, Super Mates. Uh, I'm going to rip him off. And actually, the guys over at uh, Back to the Bins have been doing that. So I'm like ripping 
off Andy, ripping them off, ripping off Andy. So I really shouldn't do that. Uh, but but uh, actually, we're going to be talking about two issues of the Star Trek New Visions comics that John Byrne has been doing. These are the photo novels that Byrne has been putting together. The original stories, uh, one of the issues we're going to cover is a sequel to Where No Man Has Gone Before, which everybody knows this is the second pilot, the first appearance of Captain Kirk. There's, it's a story that involves the Gary Mitchell, and uh, we're going to be covering that one, and an additional issue, which is an all-new story. I just recently picked those up, and I've really been enjoying those. So we're going to talk about those next time, so come back for that. If you got any comments, uh, I don't know if you'll have a whole lot of comments on a email episode, feedback episode. But if you're commenting on the stuff that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, right, there you, go. you can write us at uh, supermatespodcast at gmail.com or go to supermatescomic.blogspot.com and leave a comment or go to Facebook, look for Supermates and leave us a comment there. And as you can tell, we'll read it on the show at some point uh, if you want us to. If you don't want us to and you just want to say your show sucks, don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't reading that. I ain't reading that. <laughs> I'm not going to read that on the air. But, uh, Keep your opinion to yourself. That's right. So so until then, uh, hope you guys had a happy Halloween, and uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Bye. Bye. Supermates is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises Worldwide. The fictional characters and events mentioned in this show are trademarked and copyright their respective owners. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their owners, and we mean no infringement by either. Thank you for listening to Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. When the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake, spooks come out for his wave and wake. Happy haunts materialize, and begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. For a silly spook, they sit by your side. Shrouded in a catfish hide. As the moon climbs high over the dead oak tree, Spooks arrive for the midnight free. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes. Start to shriek and harmonize. When we don't start to socialize. When you hear the knell of a requiem bell, We're toasting where spirits swell. Restless bones etherealize. Rises spooks of every size. <laughs> <laughs>